Hello and welcome to the Ambitions Podcast. I'm Lizzie. Today we're going to be talking about recruitment processes, everything from application forms to interviews, everything in between. What works well and what doesn't. I'm joined today by Leanne and Helen. So, we know that it's a candidate-driven market, businesses are often competing for top talent, so couple that with pressures to recruit within tight timescales and keep costs down, it can create a bit of a headache for hiring managers. So it's surprising how often we hear about a recruitment or interview process which does not seem to have been designed with that in mind. Absolutely. It is a candidate-driven market. We need to make sure that um, you're attracting the right people and then capturing them at the point that they apply. Um, We have to make sure that they're not being put off before they're applying and one thing we do often see is perhaps a long-winded application form asking people to uh, fill out a lot of information perhaps that's already been duplicated on their CV. Yeah, and I think it's a process of the application as well. I think now, if you're looking for a job, the likelihood is that it's on your phone via an app. It's the press of a button. So if you've got to go through a lengthy application form of maybe six pages, it's a whole different setup. You need a laptop, you need to be sat, prepared, and ready to complete that application form, which, yes, depends on the seniority of the role, but actually it is all about the speed of the process of of the interview. And the timing of it. And, and the timing. And, and very quickly that follows on to um, there be, then being a delay, perhaps an interview stage. So you've applied, your candidates don't hear. These are candidates, good candidates, they're a premium. They'll have you know, a, a few interviews often in the pipeline uh, and by the time you've decided you want to see them, they've actually secured another job. Yeah, because the market changes so quickly and I think probably eight to ten years ago it would be, why am I going to interview this person? And now it's very much a two way stream of why is that person going to come and interview here how is the ease of the application going to affect them applying to the opportunity that we have and with it being such a competitive job market the first bit of the process is key that interview process and you know the good ones go and a lot of the time the candidates that are applying for the jobs are employed they may not have an up-to-date cv They just need to be able to apply quickly and then the process of the interview needs to follow the speed of the application. Mm -hmm. And then as you say, remembering it's a two-way street. Mm. It's not just a case of, are you good enough for the company? It's with the candidate, does the candidate want your job? And making sure that even at the interview, um, they are given the opportunity to ask questions, make sure it's the job for them, uh, because otherwise it's not necessarily going to be the right fit. Um, Recruitment is expensive, particularly if you get it wrong. Um, You don't want to be back to square one recruiting again just because you didn't make sure that that, the job was right for the person. Yeah, and I think just relating back to that speed of the process, I think quite often if you're looking to bring in a new hire, you know when you want somebody for you know when you want them in post buy and you've identified the need but unless you're going to commit to the time of your availability for the interviews the process is going to break down already so I would always say if you've identified a need for somebody you need to be committing to the time in your diary to actually bring them people into the business and commit to seeing them so on your advertisements if you put on there a date of when the interviews are going to be hold, held the likelihood is is that you're going to increase your applications because that candidate or the job seeker is going to be already bought in to your advertisement because they know that when they're going to have feedback by and when the interview is. Mm-hmm. So all really interesting points. I think it's safe to say that times have changed a lot. 
um, even in quite a short space of time, you know, like Leanne said, eight to 10 years isn't really that long ago. What does a good interview process look like in this day and age? Well, I think it's fair to say that it's not a one-size-fits-all. I think you have to uh, look at the role that you're recruiting for and the level of the job. Often if it's um, um, a junior role or, an, or, or starting, a starting job, then it, the process will often be not as long-winded. I don't think it would be fair to expect a... Um, an entry-level job for someone to perhaps do a, a presentation, whereas certainly for a more senior-level role, that would be a, a reasonable request for someone to prepare data, come along and talk on a subject and do a presentation. That would be more appropriate. So it is down to the level of the of the role and um, what's involved. Yeah, and there is a lot of different types of interviews. So there's six different types of interviews, but you know each employer has a preferred style of obtaining the information that that they want to get in order to make the hiring decisions. So whether it's a structured interview, unstructured interview, or a stress interview, or a behavioural interview, I know a lot of the people that I speak to, they tend to just want to chat, but they also need to be able to gain the information to decide, has this person got the skills and attributes to do the job? without unnecessarily putting them through a process which is going to be off-putting and then you don't really get a feel for that person. Yes, it depends on on the role and the person's personality mm. and what you're looking to glean. And really just on a point that we made earlier, making sure that you spend the time making it a two-way process, making sure that you explain all about the role and give the person the opportunity to ask in-depth questions. And I think one of the things companies do forget is that most jobs are a combination. There tends to be a side of the role that perhaps isn't as attractive, perhaps there's routine elements or mundane elements or more challenging parts. It's really important to make sure you put, you put those across interviews so you know the candidate knows what to expect because you don't want someone who's then going to take the role and find that ultimately it's not a fit for them you want someone that's going to fit into your team be able to do the job but's going to stay and unless you are exchanging that information at base level mm. uh, you're not starting at the right point and as much as you know, you have a first impression of the person that you're bringing in to interview, equally so does that person that's coming in to see you. So the first impressions to the candidate of their whole journey through your business will be when they meet you for an interview, and that's going to set the tone for the process. So talking about different interview styles, when is it good to use group interviews over one-to-one? -one? I think volume, if we think about time, again, I'm going to mention the speed and the time because everybody's short for time and it would make sense to bring in. Certainly if you have perhaps sales roles or retail or call centre, uh, when you are seeing a number of people, you can do that first sift. Um, but I think it's important to make sure that perhaps that's not your only selection because there's a, a chance that you could be missing out on a good um, candidate, perhaps if, if they've been overshadowed by other characters at the interview have perhaps got big personalities. Um, so it's just a note of caution that on occasion you may just miss out on some candidates if, if that's your only um, selection process at that point. Yeah, and also the candidates may not feel that they've had the opportunity to be able to showcase their individual personality or their individual skills. When you are part of a group, as you say, unless you have got sort of an outgoing personality, then it may be harder for, for the good talent to come to the front. It's useful to see how people perform in a group. Um, yeah, just of course, there's some roles, but it's not always relevant. And yeah. uh, as you say, if you get the opportunity for a one-to-one -one -one exchange... Um, can only be get, beneficial. You can get a yeah. better feel. Mm. And when should 
additional testing be used? Two main types of testing that people use are psychometric testing and more competency-based testing. I think the psychometric testing tends to be more personality profiling, uh, when the, you'll be looking at personality traits, how they might approach certain tasks or react in certain situations. But it, this is subjective because there's no real right or wrong answer, there's no pass or fail, so the results are down to interpretation. Um, so it's just a note of caution there, but again, you know, they are useful and indeed if they're going to be interpreted and used um, properly, otherwise it can be, you know, just quite a long-winded process again. Yeah, and it's that long-winded process. If I think um, I know two particular organisations that I personally recruit for, they've got very, very similar cultures. They like to attract the same type of hirers. They've got um, similar headcount in each of the businesses. And one of the businesses very much leans towards a competency, psychometric, you know, the whole point scoring sort of three-hour interview. And the other one is very much a, an informal chat. And the second of the two that does the informal chat tends to have a better reputation in the market in regards to their interview process because it's turned around a lot quicker. People know that if they're going for an interview there that it is going to be a, an informal chat and people are more appealed by that. Um, granted, we've got to take into consideration the seniority of, of the role, as we said, but quite often then the first organisation does lose the talent that it initially wanted to attract because of all of the additional testing. I think some roles, though, Competency testing is still going to be relevant though, just because um, you know there might be a particular skill um, or knowledge base that you need to identify. Yeah, yeah. As you, as you say, you know, certain roles you might want a certain IT um, system that you that you, they need to be competent on, or spelling or numeracy, and to get a measure of those basic levels uh, are important. They can be done quite quickly as well. Um, yes, I, I'd agree. Again, it depends on the job. Yeah, I mean, there's online, tests can be done online, can't they? So it doesn't even necessarily have to be while the candidate is there. I mean, I know that's obviously something that we do. Um, and, and sometimes the results can be quite surprising, can't they? Um, you know, people who CV might represent that they've, they've got a particular skill. And actually, when it's tested, particularly when it's something so measurable, like, you know, it's not so popular these days, but sort of secretarial typing speeds mm -hmm. um you know which is still relevant i suppose in the law sector um it can be quite telling can't it absolutely and certainly i've had a candidate who perhaps at interview hasn't set the world on fire they have perhaps have been quite nervous a little bit withdrawn and actually they've then done the competence test and been amazing yeah and i yeah. have you know i have yeah they had great success with that i think it's a good way to distinguish between two candidates. I mean, not very often now do you get the opportunity to actually have a bag of candidates to pick from. Yeah, have the choice. <laughs> yeah but um, if you did have the choice, that'd be quite a good way to distinguish the skill set between, between the two. So talking about actual face-to-face -face interviews themselves, I mean, what are we commonly seeing? I know we've touched on this, uh, and, and Leanne, I know you've said there's, there's lots of different styles of interview, but what, what are we as recruiters actually seeing these days? What are employers doing out there? Me personally, definitely, it's, it's the informal chat. The informal chat, getting to know one another. And sometimes they will quite often, they tend to do them off site. So to put people in that relaxed environment, especially if it's a confidential vacancy, they might meet at a Costa and, and go and have a coffee off site initially to get to know the person first. And then the second stage, maybe more in depth and more competency based. Because the truth is, you know, you're not going to hire somebody that you don't like. So why are you going to spend all all of your time doing a three-hour competency-based interview, whereas actually you probably just need to be chatting to the person first, getting to know them, 
personally for probably 30 minutes to 45 minutes and then proceeding on to a competency-based interview. Certainly, and I think another point to remember is with the more traditional-based um, set-out interviews where perhaps you might have a panel, there's a point that everyone gets asked the same question and there's a point-scoring system, um, that's very valu valuable in as much that you are then, everyone's on the same playing field uh, and everybody can be measured against each other and then there is the school of thought that obviously that helps to um, avoid um, bias because everybody's mm. been asked the same questions so and being measured yeah. on a, in a pointing system in the same way. Mm. We've talked about employer branding in previous podcasts and its importance. Obviously, you still want your candidate's experience dealing with your business, even if it's that they're not actually eventually recruited for that role. You still want it to be positive. Um, you don't know if they're going to become your customers in the future or even that they might become the ideal candidate for another role. So what do employers need to consider along those lines? Feedback. Yeah, feedback's really important. We expect candidates to give a lot of time and energy in applying and um, registering and, and interviewing. I mean, certainly if you have a, a lot of applicants, a lot of CVs, it can be difficult to go back to everyone, of course. But certainly if a candidate is engaged with you, spent time on an interview process, absolutely they should be, um, they should be given the time and trouble to be, be responded to. And it is having that reputation in the market. You know, if you if you come into contact with somebody and, and they explain to their friends or their family, or sometimes people take to social media to, to vent about a, an unsuccessful um, interview process. And again, you know, people hear things, don't they? So it's, it's the bigger picture of the knock-on effect in terms of your talent attraction, your interview process, bringing people into the business. So feedback is, is crucial. And also, it's... Um, it's good for people to take away and learn from as well. And I think if we said we're going to feed back to people within a week or yeah. two weeks or you get an email or you're healed by the end of tomorrow, we should be sticking to that because it, it does give the wrong impression and a negative impression if people don't follow on mm. and do what we say we're doing. Even if it's a case of it's taking a bit longer than we thought, um, you are still in the running, we'll be in contact with you, but just to leave people hanging and, and indeed the horror story of we hear people um, and don't get any feedback and don't even hear from an interview at all and don't know if they've been successful and just assume they haven't been, mm. um, which Happens quite frankly is, is not very good at all. No. So finally, um, according to the Undercover Recruiter website, 33% of employers know if they're going to hire someone within 90 seconds. I mean, that sounds pretty quick. And we've all heard the saying first impressions count, but just how much do they count? It's very true. I mean, we're all human. You'll make a measure and as soon as you see somebody, whether you feel you warm to them or not. Um, and I think that's that, that's very much the case. I think from a candidate's perspective, they have to make sure that they, uh, you know, a big smile, eye contact, warm handshake, they're all very important. Um, but again, as a recruiter, I think we need to remember that we don't fall in the trap with the halo effect. You can meet someone very quickly and think they're great, and they may well be, but you need to make sure you follow on with that in-depth interview, that they've actually got the substance to bring to the role that you're looking for, and uh, we're not falling down just because um, we've initially thought how great they are we haven't looked at it in more detail wow some really interesting points today thanks ladies for joining me 